going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. Uh, deeply sorry for the very late publishing of the NASCAR DFS podcast for this week's race in at the Circuit of Americas in Austin, Texas. It's been a very busy day. Uh, we are recording this Saturday night. Saturday night. Uh, I had two races I had to cover today. If you were in the Discord, the truck race was a disaster. The Xfinity race was a little redeeming. Uh, I made back my losses at least. Uh, Matt had a, basically a 14-hour fantasy baseball draft. Uh, but his team is awesome. We're... Go ahead. That's that I was not expecting. I, I, it's a live draft in Atlantic City. Um, I had sent uh, my, I had sent somebody in my place to draft my team for me. Um, and at five thirty this morning Central Time, I found out that one of the owners was sick and couldn't make it. And if he couldn't draft, then a whole bunch of just chaotic things happened during the draft that nobody in the league wants. Um, so basically, I drafted a, an auction baseball draft uh, remotely over Facebook Messenger for 14 hours um, instead, <laughs> and then tried to do some NASCAR stuff in between, but that was impossible because it's an auction draft. So I very much apologize for the delay here. We will still have all of our content out. I know it's going to be a scramble a little bit on Sunday to check out the playbook, the podcast, the projections for plays. Um, and I'm sorry about that. There was, you know, circumstances a little bit out of my control because if I didn't draft this year, it had repercussions for, like, following years in the draft. It's a very complicated league. Don't have time to get into it. So... Instead, let's talk about a very complicated NASCAR track. You guys have had some trouble navigating this weekend. Yeah, it's been actually a, a real pain in the ass. It it just seems like any w- – without – my initial reaction after the truck race where I lost all my entry fees was that I really miss the stage breaks. Uh, after the Xfinity race, my feelings changed. But, like, without the stage breaks, if you have a driver that, that has something go wrong, it's like, you know, I'm not – I know they're not going to lose a lap. But I know if they need to fix this, it's going to take them so long to get back to pit road. And then they need to dedicate the time to fix the issue and diagnose it. So there is a part of me that misses the stage break. Um, but at the same time, like th- this is what I wanted last year with road courses and, and especially from a TFS perspective. But it just seemed like in the truck race, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Like there was massive chalk from Matt Crafton, who started 34th and, and was under 8K. He basically finished 33rd because he got into some crap with Haley Deegan, who drove like a complete jerk. I'm not saying this because she's a lady, but she she drove like an absolute dingus today. Uh, And then uh, I think she also had issues with Stuart Friesen. I think she turned Lawless Allen at some point. There are three drivers she did. She will not be getting Christmas cards from this year. Uh, The truck race was 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 so frustrating. Especially for me, who was telling a couple, my brother-in-law and, and some other friends, to like parlay Kyle Busch and AJ Allmendinger winning their races because he was paying like thirteen to one on DraftKings. Kyle Busch finished second in his race. Allmendinger won the Xfinity race. Um, it's been frustrating, especially you know, basically on restarts when they go up the hill into turn one. It's a very sharp, almost two hundred and seventy degree turn. Uh, at this road course and and it's basically every car trying to go in three four wide into this very sharp turn it's causing a lot of crap it's so annoying 
Um, and because of like today's frustrations, I'm very hesitant to play cash games tomorrow. And there's, and honestly, I don't like playing cash games when there's a ton of chalk. And for tomorrow's cup race, there is a lot of chalk that can be played, um, and you can leave money on the table. And so I'm, I'm only doing tournaments tomorrow. I've, I've made the decision. I will play single entry, three entry max, twenty entry max. I'm not doing any cash after uh, getting by the winning by the skin of my teeth for the Xfinity race and still getting a profit on Saturday. That's my rant. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, the slate just does not set up very well for cash games. Um, nor does the past track record here set up that well for it either. I mean, the first year they raced here was a torrential downpour, and Martin Truex Jr. nearly killed uh, what? Cole Custer. Yeah, Cole Custer. Um, not on purpose, obviously, but just <laughs> the dude slowing down and then. Yeah. Uh, and then. Last year, it was more chaos. I mean, there was a lot of beating and banging, but the last part of the last lap, uh, which really pissed off A.J. Allmendinger for good reason, um, they basically decided to use each other's cars as pinballs and uh, bounce all over the place. So there's been a whole lot of chaos. Um, cars broke last year, if I'm not mistaken. Like Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Harvick's car, I think, <laughs> had a part break in the middle of the race which we don't usually see um so yeah i'm i'm with you this track is not this is not a road course that typically sets up well for cash tournaments and then add on top of it everybody that had trouble at practice and qualifying um this week including a very cheap option starting dead last um it it just is not going to make it very fun for cash games because there's a pretty clear one or two cash <clears throat> lineups. Yeah. And that's going to make the uh, the money line a little tougher to get. So I'm with you. I'm playing single entry or three entry max tournaments, maybe a little higher um, if I get enough sleep to compile that many lineups because <laughs> I'm on like five total hours of sleep over the last two days. Um so, yeah, so that's kind of where, we're, you know, you and I are viewing the, the slate the same way. Plus, now, let me ask you this. What are, you, what are your expectations of some of the open-wheel guys that have come over for this race? We have Jensen Button in one of the cars, um, former F1 world champ, who, by the way, his first time in the car in practice said the spotters are very soothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that what was, to make that of that. That was such an F1 response. Yeah, because they don't <laughs> spotters in F1. You got to figure it out yourself and where everybody is. But um, then you got the Iceman, Kimi Raikkonen, is uh, is back again. You've got Jordan Taylor in the nine car, which looks super fast. Um, so we've got some interesting, you know, Jimmy Johnson's back in the 84. I don't know what we want to do about that. But we've got some interesting open wheel guys and i'm not a hundred percent sure how and connor daly um too but i'm not sure how i'm approaching those guys i think it's very hard to play uh jordan taylor because he qualified fourth the car has speed the chevys in general look really good but he's starting fourth yeah he's 7500 which means he's going to be everybody's favorite mid-tier play in tournaments, yes. I don't think anybody's going to play that guy in cash. No. Um, but in tournaments, I could see it. Because really, even if 
even if he loses a few spots, if he can just hang on to a top eight, he there's still room for him to be in the optimal lineup. But it's just I don't think he has a path to really finishing in the top five legitimately. Um, yeah, there's and, some pretty good road racers starting behind him that I that I just think will move up through him. Yeah, I mean, um, it's. <laughs> AJ Allmendinger looked to have figured out like it Allmendinger was crap in practice on Friday. Um, but they looked to have figured out any woes or issues that they had. You know, he qual he managed to make the final round of qualifying. Uh he's starting seventh. Overall, it's like there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight Chevys in the top ten. Um ten in the top thirteen. Like this looks like it's shaping up to be a race primarily dominated by Chevys, except for one guy named Tyler Reddick, who has had an absolute rocket ship of a car, both in practice and qualifying. He's on the front row. As far as Jordan Taylor goes, I can't see myself really giving too much attention to him in DFS. Um, uh, <clears throat> and for Kimi Raikkonen, uh, what's he in? He's in the ninety-one, the Project ninety-one car, or whatever it is. Yeah, he's in the he's in the Trackhouse ninety-one. Yeah. <sighs> Which gives a little bit of credence to it, right? Like, if we like what... I mean, Trackhouse won, what, two road races last year? Yeah. They won this race with Ross Chastain. Right. And Suarez won at Sonoma. Sonoma, right? yeah. So, <clears throat> we can put together some road races. And it's not like Raikkonen didn't race in the Cup Series last year. Now, it was Watkins Glen which is an entirely different and way less technical road course. But Coda is an F1 purpose-built track that the Cup Series and the trucks and the Xfinity are just renting out for the weekend, right? So I, I don't know what to do about Reagan. And I think starting 22nd, he's intriguing because there is some room there. I'm not sure I want anything to do with Jensen Button this weekend. I don't either. I know it's a Rick Ware car. For all intents and purposes, I'm operating as if it's a Stuart Haas racing car. And even then, I'm still just not very interested in it. Um, I have concerns about the Fords. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, you look at the qualifying results, and I understand that there are two guys, Ryan Blaney and Eric Amarola, that had issues on the qualifying last, but still, I just don't think in this aero package it's it's something that – I think it just makes more tire wear for the Fords, and and I don't think this is necessarily a race that I want to be super heavy on. Now, I still have faith that the, those two guys, Ryan Blaney and Eric Almirola, especially Almirola, who only really needs a top 25 to pay off the price tag. Blaney probably needs a top 17 finish, I'd want to say. Well, let's see. Blaney is, what, <clears throat> DK, he's 9,100, so we're looking for, what, 5X at a road course? Or are we looking for 4X of the road course? Well, this, is a, this was another conversation that we were going to have because it's like when, you, when we discuss road courses, there are so few dominator points that are available. And even for a guy like Kyle Busch in the truck race, who was $13,000, and A.J. Elmendinger, who was 10600 in the Xfinity race, it's like, you know, you can still be heavy on these guys because they are very talented. They're in the best equipment. Um, but you have to adjust the expectations because typically if you're going to start a pole sitter and you expect them to dominate the race, you're kind of hoping for six to seven X value. But Kyle Busch in in the truck race, his his ceiling was probably like 67 points just because there were only 42 laps. 
which means there were only like 25, 26 dominator points. And so from that perspective, it's like his ceiling might be six X. You're not, you're, it's impossible for him to get seven or eight X. Um, for these value guys, like, I think, I think for, with El Marola, like, even if he was to get 29 points, I'd still be disappointed. I'd probably want, when I build like an optimal lineup for cash or for tournaments at a road course, I want the winner and I want five other drivers that can get at least 40 points minimum. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So in that regard, I am way more interested in Almirola than Blaney, simply because of the price tag. Like Blaney's going off at ninety one hundred, Almirola is fifty eight hundred. So they're starting basically the same spot in the grid. I'm going to take the guy who's thirty three hundred dollars less. Um, but so is everybody else. So just be cautious about that. Because Almirola is going to be very popular for the people that are just going for PD plays, and he's cheap. And you can make the argument that you may trust Eric Almirola the most of anybody six grand or less on DK. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, I don't know if I trust. Like Connor Daly's another open wheel guy, but that car broke like the first lap he was in it. <laughs> He had a terrible time at the Daytona 500 with two things happening that, like, never happened. Right? Like, some part broke that he's never seen break before, and then did your fall off or something? Who's? Connor Daly at the Daytona 500. Like, in practice. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, and then in the race, it was like a mirror fell off or something. I think that was. That sounds familiar, yeah. So, I'm not trusting that car at all. Uh <clears throat> Balicki's a no. Ty Dillon's probably a no. Cody Ware, no, sorry. Not a super speedway, so we're out on him. LaJoy, I don't trust to make right turns. So, like, now you're down to Harrison Burton, Stenhouse, Gilliland, Graxon, <clears throat> and Priest. I don't know. Justin Haley's... I don't trust it. Like, the car can't make him a better road course racer. The problem with, like, I mean, I mean, El Marola is such, if you're going to play cash games tomorrow, El Marola is by far the easiest cash game play. He's 5,800. He cannot give you negative points. Right. Um, but it I really mean, can't go backwards. So I mean, what happens if he finishes 30th? Because that's nine points of position differential, and that would be <laughs> 21 points. So a driver at 5,800 in SHR equipment getting you – 21 points and that's probably his floor assuming he runs a clean race so i can see like like there there's such a safe floor with Elmarola. like it makes that's sense almost and, 4x right yeah. there by the way uh he's exceeding value with the top 25 and so it's it's so dumb and it's frustrating because i watched the truck and xfinity race today where it just seemed like the chalk was just eager to bust and and blow lineups across the the slate um, 90% owned Matt Crafton starting P34 still pisses me off that he couldn't finish the race. I mean, Almarola is going to be in that category. Yes, Almarola should be 100% owned in cash games. And he's probably about 60% owned in tournaments. Probably, yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's so frustrating, and, and that's exactly, I don't know, I'm so turned off by the slate tomorrow. Yeah, the more I look at it, it's getting 
more yeah. depressing. <laughs> um, like I'm just clicking through, and clearly, by the way, don't ever don't ask me about Bubba Wallace tomorrow. He can't make right turns, so that's a that's a no. Um, Where's he starting? I don't even care. K eleven, holy crap! I don't even. Yeah, he's sixty nine hundred. That's not nice this week, though. <laughs> like, okay, this is this is utterly, this is about to get utterly ridiculous, Dan. This lineup is about to get utterly ridiculous. Okay, who would you choose out of Haley, Priest, Gragson, Gilliland, Burton, Stenhouse? Um. Is Todd Gillen in the front row car? Um, that's a good question, actually. Yes, he is. He's in the 38. Yes. Probably Todd. Probably Todd, because that's a pretty decent that's a pretty decent car, right? You want to know who I just fit in this lineup with Todd Gilliland? With $900 left? <laughs> Lay it on me. Going to make you throw up. Go for it. So I started with Almarola, because he's like, you have to, right? Chris Busher's pretty dang good. Yeah. Racing. He's starting 32nd at 7700 bucks. so thank you. Uh, Ty Gilliland is starting 36th at 5400 Okay? Here's the other three dudes. Kyle Busch, Chastain, and Reddick. I'm not ignoring you. I'm actually just plugging this lineup in to look at it. So you had Busch, Chastain, Reddick. Busher. We had Todd Father. We had Bush Dog. And Amarola. Amarola. And this will be one of my chrome. You have $900 left. <laughs> oh my God. So you have three dudes who are going to. I mean, Reddick should dominate pretty well. Chastain should move up. Kyle Bush. Ignore last year's numbers, people. Okay. That's a product of Toyota being. Road courses last year. It's not a product of Kyle Bush not being able to drive well at a road course. Okay. He's going to move up from ninth. Chastain's going to move up from 12th. Reddick is starting P2. And then you get PD plays with good road course equipment in Almarola, Busher, and Todd Gilliland. That's. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of insane. This is a faulty slate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The slate's broken. This is where I wish we go back to when DK didn't release the, the slates until qualifying was set by the formula. <laughs> Man, this is not fun. <laughs> no. Like, there, there Here's are the thing. Like, we can look at DraftKings and just think, like, yeah, this is a fun slate to build lineups. But then it's like, how do I get different here? Like, what do I have to do? Right. And let's say we don't want a third guy starting in the 30s. So we take out, I don't know, maybe Busher. Right. Well, that gives me Bowman starting sixth, Denny starting 21st, Briscoe at 19, Truex at 25th. Like, there's all sorts of where you could go down from there if you trust Eric Jones to show up like he did in qualifying and hold on to a P8, then he's there. Like, this is just a ridiculous. I'm intentionally trying to like just make pivots off the lineup that you just mentioned and I'm get one hundred dollars short of getting Logano. I currently have Blaney starting thirty eighth, Chastain, Reddick, Jones starting twelfth, second, and eighth respectively, and then Busher and Almarola who are also starting outside the top thirty. And I don't feel good about that because I have 
I don't feel great about Eric Jones holding his position, but I think tomorrow when you're building tournament lineups, you have to feel really good about five of your drivers and then maybe plug in one driver that you don't feel good about because that one driver is the one that will set you apart in a tournament because Eric Jones is going to have almost no ownership. Right. But again, it's a road course. I hate playing Eric Jones at a road course. And by the way, if you don't think passing is going to happen, you can get um, you can get Byron starting on the pole, Reddick starting second, Cindric starting third, Kyle Busch starting ninth, Gilliland and Almarola in a lineup with $400 left. It's looking like you need to leave money on the table. Yeah. <clears throat> Which I don't feel great about at a road course. Not usually the best strategy, but with the way this slate is setting up, we're going to have to do it because. Yeah. Now, I also am not telling you to play all three dudes starting P1, P2, and P3 in the same lineup because that is a death sentence if <laughs> they go backwards. <laughs> I'm definitely not playing Syndrick starting P3. I'm not crazy about no. Fords, but then when the Fords go out and qualify poorly, all we have is to play Fords for the PD. Right. I mean, Cindric I would trust the most simply because of his background of being raised on an open, like being, learning to drive in an open wheel race car. He might be the one I trust the least because he's starting third. Well. I think that's just where we disagree. Because there are plenty of Fords lined up right behind him that are eager to pass him. I mean, that's that's fair, but he has the skill to hold them off, so like. I don't know. It's it's a different view of the same. I hate the sleep. <laughs> of the same guy, but I could get so like I have Kyle Busch, Cindric, Reddick, Almarola, and Gilliland in there, and I have ninety nine hundred dollars left, which gets me anywhere from Almendinger down. It's ridiculous. Like there are some. See, like we say, we hate the sleep, but then again, there are a bunch of ways you can build for tournaments. No, there are. I mean, you can go out and just try to get the winner and hope that you have one guy that dominates the race, and it looks like it could be Reddick or Byron, who showed up in, in qualifying. Um, and then from there, you're basically just trying to nail guys that offer PD and can finish well. Um, or you could just go the, the tried-and-true method of just playing PD guys. The problem I have with that is that it's mostly forwards, and I'm not crazy about the forwards this week. Yeah. Now, what are you? What are your thoughts on Larson being the most expensive guy starting thirteenth? He ran fourth in the five lap average, which is all we're going off of because so he really needed a road course, and also nobody really did a ten lap average. So, so he kind of reminds me of what William Byron was in the Xfinity race. You know, Byron started I think ninth in the Xfinity race. He was like ten thousand two hundred or something in that range. Um. And was the second fastest car. And so I'd be fine playing Larson, even if he just finishes second or third. Um, I mean, coming into this race this weekend, he was the the favorite, rightfully so. He is a good road course driver. <clears throat> um, but, you know, it's just Tyler Reddick loaded off the truck with an absolute rocket ship. And so even if I played Larson, I would expect him to at least – contend for a top three finish and i'd be okay with that despite the fact he's not returning like the traditional 5x value i don't think um but i would still like to play because i know i'm i know that i feel good about getting at least 45 points from him 
I'm kind of on. I'm kind of in line with you. What What are we doing with the Toyotas this week, though? Like, are we straight up disregarding what happened to them last year? Well, we're because they didn't qualify all that well. I'm very high. Everyone is high on Reddick. Uh, the sportsbook have shifted. Sportsbooks have shifted their odds heavily, uh, so people aren't betting on Reddick. Um, it's hard to ignore the speed. I think that after we get some tire wear and lap fall off, he does kind of run laps that are in line with the Chevys. But by that point, if he's still running up front, he's going to have enough of a lead or enough of a gap between him and everyone else where he's kind of just running with clean air and he'll just be able to still separate himself. Uh, Denny Hamlin, I want to play starting 21st. I know he really wasn't great. I don't, I'm not crazy about Truex. Really? Okay. If I'm going to, give you an honest answer i'm mostly interested in reddick hamlin and bell yeah i mean it's hard not to view them as the top ones given the fact that they are i'll say that i'm interested in gibbs from this perspective that we've seen a lot of this has been a a high variance road course so far between the truck and xfinity race and if we get similar variants um I mean, I don't think that just extra track time with Gibbs running the Xfinity race on Saturday, that's not a bad thing. And he won, I believe he won the Coda race, or he won, he he's won road courses in Xfinity. I can't remember if he won last year's race. It might have been Allmendinger. Um, <clears throat> but I still won't write him off necessarily because I think he's starting P17. That's not going to attract a lot of ownership because people can just easily pay down to... Austin Dillon, who had good numbers on road courses last year. They could go to Ryan Priest, Eric Almarola, Todd Gilliland. You know, there are just so much. There are there are plays starting farther back that are just much more appealing than Ty Gibbs. But I, there's a part of me that thinks Ty Gibbs has a top 12 in him. That's fair. Fair. That's <clears throat> very intriguing. I'm building another lineup here. That's gonna be- <laughs> what do you got? Um, well, I have seven hundred dollars left, and I just put in a couple of guys we just talked about. Okay, so we're going to start with the most expensive dudes in this lineup. We've got Larson, mm-hmm. we've got Kyle Busch, and we've got Tyler Reddick, and then we also have Ty Gibbs, Austin Dillon, and Eric Almarola. Yeah, I could get behind that in a tournament. And there's 700 bucks left. You get a little bit of variance plays because not everybody's starting super far back. You get two dudes who are probably going to be a little lower owned in Ty Gibbs and Austin Dillon. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned Michael McDowell yet. And I understand I'm worried about that car because it's a Ford. But at the same time, like you're the one who kind of like put me on McDowell at road courses a year ago. Now, he doesn't have Blake Harris, but neither does Alex Bowman this week. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> But still, you know, Michael McDowell, it's not like he's been <clears throat> completely lost without Harris. He still had, you know, some decent finishes this year. He's a pretty good road course racer, too. But I'd also be tempted if I'm pushing the Chevy narrative just to go to Kimi Raikkonen. Yeah, my only concern with McDowell is if you look at the last, um, let's see, the last five road courses, which was most of last year, right? His average starting spot was 14.6. His average finish was 21st. Did have a couple of top 20s, but he's starting 20th. 
So if you presume that he's going to finish somewhere, let's say, 18th or 17th, there's just not a whole lot of wiggle room there. I mean, 7100 is a fair price. Um, but again, if we're looking for, we said we want five guys, we want the winner and then five guys to put up 40 points. Right? Mm-hmm. If he's starting 20th, that would get him, let's see, starting 20th is 23 points for finish position. <clears throat> okay, so he's got to move up. I mean, even if he gets a, let's say, finishes, let's say, 14th, that's still only like 35 points. So it's just in a weird spot where you basically need him to get a top 10 to get you the 40 points we're looking for. Hmm. That's my only hesitation. Yes, he's usually a very good road racer. I do think be, the Fords in this package haven't been great. And then it's not even about value for him. It's more about if we're looking for – if we can settle for 35 points, okay. Then if he gets, like, a top 15 with a couple of fastest laps, which is possible, then we get it. But it's just a, it's just a weird – spot for him it sucks it does i mean i'm not opposed to i'm not opposed to sprinkling him in to to lineups because i i think people are going to look at him about the same way i just did right and if he shows up and he gets you 40 points and you got a 40 point guy who's probably going to be well under 10 percent played i just threw together Chastain, Byron, Larson, Busher, Almarola, Dylan. So I'm getting plenty of win equity. Yeah. A couple Fords that I just need to just not suck and just maybe Larson. grab a top 20. You said Larson, Byron, Chastain, Busher, Dylan, Almarola. Oh, I hate that I'm going to be 100% Almarola tomorrow. I mean, it's almost impossible not to be on him, right? I mean, he, I, I don't think he goes, and I don't think he's one of those guys that can get me <clears throat> 40 points on DraftKings. But it's like I could also see this being such an obvious spot, and he has some kind of issue early on, and he just doesn't finish the race. Yeah, but. It's almost like the good news is he's so obvious that the <clears throat> is there, and so if it screws us, then it screws everybody, and it's not actually that bad. But then you're only min-cashing in a tournament. Yeah, but min-cashing is still 2x. Green is green. That's not always true. Sometimes it's just 1.5x. Okay, well then pick better tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love my chrome horn. That sounded weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can tell this podcast not. is just going off the rails normally normally when i feel like we're just race. we just have so much more like we just have so, such better structure and now we're just building lineups for this race that we absolutely hate tomorrow i love this race coming into the week but qualifying just really gave us just a giant pile of dog crap and here we are trying to make a pizza out of it yeah, I mean, it's just interesting that we come in hating, like, the slate, but then we've come up with about seven different lineups that we arguably like, and they're all different. 
I mean, there's there's clearly a, a core that we're building around, right? And I wouldn't be shocked if the core plays feature a bunch of the dudes we just talked about. No, you're um, right. And I my thing tomorrow is, like, I don't want to have a single lineup that I feel good about. Yeah, usually the lineups you love are the ones that don't win you anything in DFS. And especially on a slate like this, when it's just, like, there's just there are so many obvious plays and there's so much chalk. Really, like, to really set yourself apart, Make some lineups if, if and this this just goes back to like bankroll management, but you know really have lineups that you don't feel good about uh, because those are the lineups that are kind of like one in, that are unique, and if it hits, you're for sure taking down a tournament. Um, I I felt bad because I was just reserving cash game contests all week the last few days, and I just withdrew them all. <laughs> I mean, I can't blame you. It's not a. <laughs> Is definitely not a great um, slate for games. I also don't think I'm going to be playing my single. I think I might just do the Chrome Horn tomorrow and see what happens. Can't can't blame you on that one. Um, Obviously, so DK Sportsbook has Reddick at seven to two, which is plus three fifty. Which is a pretty pretty big favorite because Byron, who's actually on the pole, is plus six hundred. So is Larson. Cindric is plus 800, which I think is a little interesting. Like, I'd rather take Chastain at 10 to 1 than Cindric at 8 to 1. Um, oh, I'd absolutely bet Chastain. Same with, <clears throat> same with Kyle Bush, who's also 10 to 1. Uh, Suarez is 10 to 1. Almondinger's 10 to 1. Interesting. Um, I'm not touching Jordan Taylor at 18 to 1. Sorry, that's not long enough odds. I know he's in a good car. The nine team usually wins a bunch of stuff, but it's sorry. No. Um, C Bell at 30 to 1, though. That's tempting. That's pretty tempting because if you look over the last five road races, even though we've said Toyotas have sucked, uh, C Bell isn't that far off of. Here's a, here's a question for you. For the last five road races, who, who has the best average finish in the field? Duh. The Chevy driver, but that's all I'm going to tell you. Kyle Busch? It's Alex Bowman. I guess I shouldn't be too surprised. And then the second best driver? Yeah. Terrible Toyotas was Christopher Bell. The 9.8 average finish. That's not too surprising, though. I mean, because especially... I know we talked about how the Toyotas eventually like figured out their crap last year, especially and like he was. They, I mean, they struggled mightily on road courses, but even late in the year, like once they started figuring their stuff out, Seabell was one of the better drivers. Now, if you look at driver rating, pretty good, all-encompassing metric. Denny Hamlin over the last five road races has been the best driver in the field. Way to go, Dennis. Yeah. 101.3 out of a 150 is the perfect driver rating. William Byron's at 100.9. Pagano, <clears throat> 96.8. Kislowski, 96.3. Here's my question. If everybody loves Busher, because Busher had a great run last year at, at road races, and they tend to like the RFK equipment, and Kislowski was talking them all up, do we have any interest in maybe pivoting to Kislowski in the exact same equipment? Where's he and starting? He is starting 30th, and he's 
two hundred dollars more than his coach <clears throat> starting thirty second. I'd probably go with Keselowski. Just saying to get a pivot because I think a lot of people are gonna like Busher back there, and not a lot of people are gonna pay attention to Keselowski. Mm. Just a just a pivot idea there for you folks. I think I hate this race the most because like we have Richmond coming up next week, and that's one track I really hate for DFS. <laughs> you have not had good luck at Richmond. I actually did very well at Richmond last year, and it was it was an anomaly. But I'm not going to like. Oh right, the race you filled in for <laughs> you covered the playbook because my draft was that weekend. Yeah, I had like 100 percent exposure to Ryan Blaney, and he dominated the first half of the race. I think he finished like seventh, but he was still in the optimal lineup. Yeah. Um, it's that's such a really tough short track because you can if you lose a lap there you're not getting it back. No, there's uh, no there's no crashing at that track now. So it's like I'm kind of miserable because like I can't have fun with this road course race <laughs> unless I'm throwing twenty lineups into the Cromorn that I absolutely hate. <laughs> and yeah. Next week's one of my least favorite like, and I love short track racing for DFS because like there's so many laps led, but it like. Last year I did go to Richmond, but historically I suck at Richmond. Yeah. Speaking of laps led, we're not exactly targeting them this week. Like, it'd be great to have a guy who dominates, like likely Reddick or Byron or maybe Kyle Busch or Chastain. But it's not really necessary to go targeting laps led at a road course because there's just not that many. Um, and it doesn't really add up to that many points. So... Um, it's not wholly important to build specifically around lap slide on a road course. Here's what I'll say to that, though, is like if you like Byron and Reddick, you know, still play them. And like if they get right. the dominator points, that's a bonus. But if you like them, then essentially you like them because they have win equity. And so you like them because they basically get 45 points with the win. And then anything else that they give you is just a bonus. That's why I'm. I still like Byron and Reddick. Um, I'm not playing. I don't think I'm going to be playing Cindric all that much. Uh, I'm not going to be playing. Uh, who's filling in for Chase Elliott? Jordan Taylor. Thank you. I'm not going to be playing him. Yeah, I just don't think experience. It's not like he's a noob. There's a reason why they're going with Jordan Taylor over Josh Barry. Yeah, it's mainly that he just started too high. Yeah. Like. And it's Robert, a good car. He has speed in it, and honestly, I was very impressed with how comfortable he was in the car. But you, you're you're a jerk, sir, because you just went out and had to qualify in the top five. You just had to show off. I would play basically every Chevy that's starting behind him, except for Noah Gragson, all the way back to make lineups with just Chevys and maybe Tyler Reddick. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I would start Suarez over Jordan Taylor. I would play Bowman over Jordan Taylor. Bowman Dinger, clearly, he just won the flipping Xfinity race. Um, I would probably start Eric Jones over Jordan Taylor. To be honest, like, you know, you've got to give him credit for getting eighth because it's easier to hold a spot on a road course than anywhere else. Clearly, we're playing Kyle Busch over him. Mm-hmm. Gregson, I'm probably not. I don't know. I have a tough time tr- like trusting Gregson yet. Clearly, the Legacy Motor Club cars are fast, except for Jimmy Jones. 
out how to drive again. Um, clearly, what I'm saying it is that Denny Hamlin is eighty five hundred. That's that's a little disrespectful. See, I tried to build just a Chevy lineup, and here I am with <laughs> two Fords and a Toyota. <laughs> Good job driving, building a Chevy lineup. Yeah, it's it's Byron Larson, Austin Dillon, Eric Almarola, still Ryan Blaney, and Denny Hamlin. Screw it, it's going in the Chrome Horn. <laughs> I can't say I hate the lineup. It's just not a Chevy lineup. Yeah. Um, if I really try the Chevy method, <clears throat> we were looking at we were looking at pizza for lunch today, and the menu had a white pizza on it, but the toppings were tomato, spinach, and broccoli, which none of those things are white. So like, <laughs> it's like you tried, but not really. But I still like the pizza. <laughs> Stenhouse isn't a Chevy, is he? I don't want to play. Yes. I'm not playing Blake Stenhouse in a room. Yes, he is a Chevy, but no, I'm not playing him. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. This is a Chevy lineup. William Byron, Kyle Larson, Ross Chastain, Austin Tillon, Justin Haley, Kimmy Räikkönen. Räikkönen's worth a shot as the filler. I love that Kimmy Räikkönen's more expensive than Austin Dillon, though. It's either I go Räikkönen, Eric Jones, or Jimmy Johnson. Ugh. I don't think I'm playing Jimmy in that scenario. Really? Uh, how is he the slow? Like, Eric Jones is eighth in a Legacy Motor Club car. Noah Gregson's 10th in a Legacy Motor Club car. And JJ's, what, 31st? He's rusty. <laughs> He's been rusty for three years. He couldn't figure out how to drive a road course on an Indy car either. Fair. Yeah. I mean, that's different, but, like, I'm not even sure the practice speed was really all that great for J.J. either. Like, he qualified basically where he ran. Yeah, J.J.'s single lap speed in practice was 36. Like, five lap, if we're looking at five lap averages. I mean, I guess I just go Raikkonen. If we're looking at five lap averages. <clears throat> all right, here we go. Building lineups I hate. JJ wasn't even didn't even do it and is technically the slowest. I'm building 20 lineups I hate, which is I hope that one can make me like a couple hundred bucks. I mean, that's not a terrible idea. By the <laughs> way, in terms of five lap average, and I don't really know like why it's seven seconds off, but Austin Sanders <laughs> was not great. Tulo was in the uh, NASCAR Discord earlier today asking what contest he should play, and I basically just told him just do low-dollar GPPs. It's not worth it. I mean, you're not wrong. Cash is not worth it this week. Uh, that's what I would say, too. But, all right, well, we've rambled on about a slate. We clearly are struggling to like all that. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can build. I don't want to say it's a terrible slate. And there's only like two lineups. Clearly there's not. We just shared <clears> nine <throat> of them with you. Um, and by now everyone knows my feelings. I hate the yeah. Fords. So the general strategy is we're looking for the winner and we're looking for Chevys. Uh, guys who can finish pretty highly, which is probably going to be Chevy, but I would bank on some lineups with no Chevys in case everything goes wrong with Chevy. Uh, which is not like out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll have, you know, check out the rest of the playbook. 
Uh, Dan's going to have a few drivers in there. I'm going to have a few drivers uh, in there. Projections will be out. We'll have core plays out. Lineup blocks are what, 344 Eastern on DK? I think that's right. So it's a reasonably late lock time uh, for for folks out there. So with that, um, I'm going to say good luck, FA Nation. Yeah. Uh, I was really looking forward to this weekend. It is like my favorite road course on the schedule. I don't want to tell you my favorite road course because there's arguably more variance at that road course than this road course. In the moment. <laughs> <In the laughs> yeah. When the whole curb fell off? Like, well, the whole curb took out half the field two years ago. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I also hit Bubba Wallace top Toyota at 100 to 1 last year. So <laughs> it's, okay. kind of, it's kind of an endearing track. So it bribed you is what you said. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I accepted the bribe. It, it paid <laughs> off. It, it paid you off for your, for your liking it. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we, we will be in the Discord. I know this this is not one of our better podcasts, so we apologize. But we'll be in the NASCAR DFS Discord all day Sunday helping you build lineups. Hopefully you play light alongside with us. Uh, but Matt, thank you so much for your time. Glad your fantasy baseball draft went well. Best of luck to you and best of luck to the FA Nation. Best of luck, FA Nation. <laughs>